This is Graphically Novel, a podcast about three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're reviewing one of my picks. Venom by Donny Cates, Volume 1, Rex. Um, I'm not going to defend the title. I think it's weird to do it like by the writer in the name of the graphic novel. I think that's weird. I'm not defending the title. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I really love this book. Um, I think it's a great introdu- introduction. And um, going forward, it's one of my top three current Marvel series. Um, Dang. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, my, my three favorite right now are Daredevil, Venom, and Magnificent Miss Marvel. Uh, oh. This thing, it starts off good and it just stays good. Um, but the art, I, I was interested to get y'all's take on the art. Um, I've got a feeling how that's going to go, but, you know, you never know. You never know. And uh, it's a very different Venom story than I think we, we've come across before. So I was just curious to you know, get y'all's take on it. And it's a story that I love. And so it's an excuse to read it again. <laughs> I like it. More. All right. Let's move into the live action Batman grades. And these uh, grades are based on the men who have thus far played Batman in live action. Um, and if we can ever get the Batman made, we will add patents into the list. But uh, starting from best to worst, the grades are Bell, Affleck, Keaton, West, Kilmer, and Clooney. And Sam, you're first out of the gate. What's your grade, bro? Well, since you love this so much, I'll hurt your feelings. You give it Affleck, Affleck plus. I almost gave it a Bell. Okay. All right. Not bad. Not bad. It's a good Not grade. Bad. It's a really good grade. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Well, Josh, I, I went full Bell. Just, that's it. Just bail. It's awesome. I loved it. All right, and I went bail too. Um, and I don't. And I don't think it's great inflation. I think it's just that good. Um, so that's 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 a high recommendation. Two bails and a you know Affleck plus. It's almost a bail. Um, but I do want to say, as far as recommendations go, um, you do get a full story. This isn't one of those you know where like it just kind of like we just collected random issues and there's not really an end. I mean, you get an ending here, but there's a promise of a lot more to come. But this is a story with a, with a finality to it. It's a cliffhanger, but you, you get the completion to a story. All right. Uh, so we'll do our creator credits. Uh, it's written by Donny Cates. Uh, Figured that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, penciler is Ryan Stegman. Inker is J.P. Mayer. Color artist is Frank Martin. Letterer is V.C.'s Clayton Cowles. And that is all you get before the spoiler klaxon. So that's a high recommendation. Um, it's well worth your time to go read it and then come back and hear the, re- the spoiler uh, field discussion. So here's the klaxon. It's time for the bite size breakdown. And there's so much to break down. I know. Mine's really not bite-sized at all. I don't think any of us are going to (laughs) be. I tried my hardest, guys. I really did. (laughs) It's a lot, bro. I know. And I got to leave it out. It's what's awesome. (laughs) Let me get my novel out here I wrote. (laughs) (laughs) You got two notebooks full on that one. Oh, my goodness. All right. All right. Let's see if I can do this. Uh, Issue one. Begins in a time long ago, and Vikings are scared and trying to hold a door against some evil. Eddie, Eddie realizes it's a nightmare, but it's not his. It's not his nightmare. It's Venom's. 
Eddie's having a hard time focusing because Venom is scared of the monster in his dreams. Eddie takes some quiet pills to keep Venom out of his head. Then he goes out and tries to stop a crime. But while he is doing this, something goes wrong and Venom changes and tries to kill Jack O'Lantern. Somebody shoots him in the head with an explosive. Eddie wakes up tied to a chair and uh, the kidnapper, Rex, tells him his story about how he was a soldier and used a symbiote suit to fight a war. Rex wants Eddie to help him free the rest of his old squad. Eddie agrees to help stop them. He goes to a tunnel and tries to stop, or doesn't try, he does stop the transport truck and then is attacked by the other symbiotes. And while he's being attacked, Venom leaves Eddie alone. And then he gets stabbed in the chest. Venom comes back to save Eddie and then tells him God is coming. That's the best I could do, guys. I was trying to <laughs> There's so, so much in there. I left a bunch out, too. Yeah, it really is. Mine, mine's pretty thin on detail, so I went I went big picture. Uh, but So issue two opens with uh, Venom healing that giant hole in Eddie's chest. Once healed, they confront Rex about almost getting them killed and the giant dragon that was released. We then get some of Rex's backstory about getting shot, saving his brothers in arms in Vietnam, and Nick Fury volunteering Rex for the symbiote program. Venom and Eddie then go off to fight the ancient dragon monster. All right. Uh, issue three. Eddie and Miles do the standard hero misunderstanding fight and then team up to go fight the dragon monster. Miles Venom blasts the thing from the inside and Noel comes strolling out. He traps Eddie and Miles inside a symbiote tent and starts monologuing about monologuing about being the god of the symbiotes. Sam? Notes from you guys how you do that. <laughs> Have fun with you, issue four. I know you, you two gave me the worst worst two issues to do. But anyways, <laughs> this one's a little shorter than my first one. Just getting that out of the way. Right, so while they're trapped in the, I guess you call it the symbiote tent or whatever it was, Noel tells the beginning of time and how he made his home in the nothing, and then the gods came and changed everything. And he went to war with them. He created a sword, and it was made of the first symbiote called the God Slayer. He, cre- he started creating more symbiotes so he could reclaim the universe. He fell during a battle, and the symbiotes used this chance to imprison him in a cage made from the symbiotes themselves, called Clintar. I guess that's how you Clintar. say it. Clintar is, war- is their word for cage. While he was monologuing, Miles was sneaking up to attack and punches Noel. That's when they realized that they are in the belly of a dragon flying away from Earth. Yeah. So then, issue five, uh, Spider-Man made a call. Now, he and Eddie have busted out of the dragon and are falling to Earth. Venom, very awesomely, sprouts wings and flies them to safety. We learn that Venom gained a lot of power from briefly merging with Noel. It's then revealed that Rex is a symbiote without a host, and the real Rex died back in Vietnam. He then bonds with Venom and Eddie, and then they gear up for war. Right. Uh, issue six. Eddie and Rex stick every weapon they can into the symbiote, and we're off to fight the dragon. They trick Noel into absorbing a bunch of flash grenades, and then Rex grabs Noel and jumps into a blast furnace. Eddie and Venom heroically hold it shut until the symbiote Noel is connected to dies. Eddie is barely alive at the end, but it would seem his symbiote is not. He's smelty. <laughs> He's a little splattery. Yeah. yeah, that was a pretty sad ending. All right, guys, yeah. y'all feel the breakdowns, and I just, 
I don't know what happened to mine. You there got was so four. much in my tooth. Yeah, I had issue four <laughs> and one. I really tried. All right. Well, I mean, I know we're trying to help our listeners out there to, you know, yeah. get a grasp I had a lot of the story. Of, I had a lot of story building in mind. You did fine. You did fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, all right. Uh, so it's time for the graphically novel Pyramid. And if notifications are starting dropping on my iPad, I'll be able to read my notes. Um, all right. So, uh, Sam, you're first on story. What do you got? Uh, so for this story, you know, I thought it was really interesting that it was – I've never seen this take on Venom in the world building they've done around this new story in the introduction of Noel. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the whole thing, it, and it was – and it just fits so well. And it, and it kind of explains, like, they, they can erase all the stuff that they previously had about the aliens and all sort of stuff, and how this fits now into the universe I think works so good. Because I don't think they've done – Nothing wrong with changing it up. I absolutely love the story. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in the same boat. It's if it's not the strongest part of the pyramid this week, it's it's a tie with uh, another section. Uh, and, and yeah, the backstory of the symbiotes that was awesome. I'm, I'm I like that backstory. I know sometimes it's been different in the past, but they should stick with this from here on out. Uh, it was awesome, and. Uh, I will say I, I got a little nervous when Noel started doing his exposition, when he started doing his monologue and, and we were doing like the flashback. I was like, man, it's going to pull me out of the story because there's just so much he's un- unpacking in issue four. I was afraid it was going to detract from the story, but they made it work. It was it was just a lot of info, but it was done well so that it just felt like part of the story. Uh, so I, I thought it was all done really good. Well, I had when this story first came out, I had trouble getting into it. Um, I'd been reading Venom for quite some time. I'd read the uh, the previous Venom Space Night series where Flash Thompson was inside the suit, and it mm. I really liked that. I and that is just gone now. That does not fit with this new backstory. Um, and I, I was reading the Colin Bunn series um, right right before this came out, and it where it ends a very different place from where this starts. Like Eddie and the suit are in perfect lockstep, like best friends. Um, they're super tight. I mean, there's this incredible really? fondness between the two of them. And then I open this thing up and, you know, Eddie's taking pills to shut it up. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> this is not where Cullen Bunn left this. And I really enjoyed the Cullen, Cullen Bunn series. So this was, this was pretty tough to get into. Um, it was, it was jarring, mm-hmm. but it's so good. I got over it. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've got a lot more history with Venom than we do then. Cause like ours is mostly childhood stuff and all that. And then from what I remember, I, I didn't remember the story being like this at all. Like they really, from what I knew, they didn't really give him a backstory. He was just a symbiote that showed up one time when they went to space. It's like an alien species. Yeah. 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 They've retconned it three or four times by now. By now yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. So from what I knew to this, I was like, man, I think they've done a really good job with it. And, and I do like the difference in it. I, I do like the backstory. And that's what really kept me engaged with it. Is I was wondering what, what was happening, what Noel had to do with the story and how he created those symbiotes and all that stuff to fight his war. And he could control them. And then they had to break away to do their own thing, trying to escape from him. Like, it was really good. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was a really interesting uh, backstory. Yeah, the, the Noel storyline is one of the strong, really strong suits. And it's a, it's a little hard to keep all those details straight in your head. <laughs> when I went yeah. back and read, because I'm probably, I think, 25, 30 issues deep into this run now. And so, like, I'd forgotten some of these details, or they've changed them, one or the other. I think they may have tinkered with the, a little uh, bit, yeah. A little bit. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's just, it's a lot, there's a lot 
there's a, a real whole lot, especially with Noel's backstory with the mm-hmm. Celestials and where that sword comes from and all, you know, all that jazz. But, um, but it's, it's really interesting. And I, and I like especially the detail of how when the, when the symbiotes got put onto people, um, yeah. other sentient beings, and the light got into them. And it mm-hmm. made it so that they rejected the darkness of Noel. I, I just I loved that detail that it was the light of the hosts that changed them and, and changed the trajectory of their of their whole species. I, I thought that was a really cool storyline. Yeah, uh, like I said, I, I I got real nervous on issue four. <laughs> I thought this is gonna be a lot of backstory, and it was basically issue four was just Noel telling the story of his origin and you know where the symbiotes come from. Uh, and, and to have one issue out of six just be completely not related to really anything else that's going on, just full backstory, uh, they made it work really good. And it was an interesting enough backstory, and it was told well that I, I think it really helped understand where Venom's coming from. It, it read better as a trade, too, because I was reading these monthly when they came out. Uh, yeah, I bet that was so, a jarring. Because that one whole issue without being a minute, it's just Noel monologuing for... A whole yeah. issue. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't like it as much then because it felt like it was this big break in the story, and I felt like I was waiting like two whole months for the story oh, yeah. to move any. And so, it, I mean, it, it reads a lot better as a trade. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like the Rex storyline too. The, the flashback to Vietnam and mm-hmm. Nick Fury being awful. <laughs> so I got a question about the story. So when they was originally made, did they have that? swirl thing on her face that all of them have at or is that just when they're around him how's that work um i think it changes later i think think it's one of the things they tinker with but right now when they're under the control of noel they get when they got the swirly thing they get the swirly bit yeah and that and that's why i mean he he has it a few times as noel trying to now that he's waking back up he's trying to reassert control over him yeah because when i seen it i always thought of bullseye i call him bullseye venoms in my head when i see him (laughs) I think that changes later, though. I do think okay. they tinker with that. Uh, I thought I really liked another little a story detail that I liked was the focus on the internal life of Eddie and the symbiote. Um, I, I thought that was handled really well. All the, I mean, there's a lot of big, fun, you know, over-the-top action stuff going on. There's a lot of world building going on, but I feel like there was a, a real sort of focus on Eddie and the symbiote and their interactions and their, their emotional states and um, their personal lives that they're the personal life that they're sharing. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was done really well. I do have a nitpick though. Okay, I didn't. Um, have it. It's it's silly. It's it's a silly thing they did. So Venom's famous weaknesses are fire and sound, right? Yeah. And so I don't know why writers fuck they have to do this. So he he retconned it. He gave it this like super rational background. It's like because it's he said it's it's because they have this race memory of when. You know, Noel was forging that sword out of the first symbiote stuff, whatever. So they remember the, the hammering and the clanging, and it remembers the fire of the forge. I'm like, that didn't need to be explained, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like the weakest parts of Batman Begins are like Nolan feel like he has to do, like explain why there's like those little hooks on the back of Batman's gauntlet. Like every little thing doesn't need to explain, guy. It's fine. Yeah. Right. It just felt just- like. Yeah, fire can just burn them like it does everything else. <laughs> but it, it can just be fire. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like, man, you don't need you need to do that. 
It just felt like, it felt like a silly little thing in the middle of a really serious, compelling story. It kind of pulled me out. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I just kind of skimmed over that. I honestly didn't really talks. almost forgot that you mentioned that. No, I remembered. I almost put it in my notes because I was reading that one in the issue four. It just stuck out to me. I kind of yeah. rolled my eyes. And I really love, I love Donnie Cate. He's a good writer. Um, I've, I've read a couple of his Thor issues. I don't even like Thor, uh, but I'm enjoying him because he's that good. But still, I was like, man, Donnie Cates, you're better than this. Oh, yeah, another shout-out we can do. They, they had Thor in here. That's who Beowulf was. I mean, I, I, start, I tried to put him in my breakdown, and I couldn't. He was in issue four. So everybody knows. <laughs> was nothing in issue four. Uh, anything else on story, guys? Nope, it was awesome. All right, uh, Josh, art. All right, I got the privilege of going first on this art. I love this art. It was great. Uh, I mean, it was right up my alley. I don't know what it was that hit me uh, so much. Uh, and I want to throw a special shout because I don't feel like we, we, we mentioned color a lot, but I think the color in this was phenomenal. I even wrote down the gentleman's name when you were doing the credits. Frank Martin slayed it in this thing. Uh, <laughs> just it was great. And uh, especially because it's really heavy with red colors and really covered with heavy with a lot of black. Like those are the two main colors. And I feel like that's really easy to make it look cheesy or just kind of, you know, splotchy. But I think they balanced that really vibrant red with the dark black. I think they hit, especially issue four, we're going to keep bringing it up with uh, Noel's backstory. I think they balanced the, uh, that color palette really well. Uh, I, I, I really liked it. As opposed to the light black? <laughs> well, you know. You can do a or whatever. <laughs> you can do a flat. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm being mean. <laughs> you are. <laughs> Yeah, I'm over here, day. you know, backing you up on this being a bell, and you're going to tease And I do want to say, just for the, uh, the, the the listeners who follow the sports ball, um, this is not the Frank Martin that coaches college basketball. I'm just throwing that out there. I, or I don't I don't think it is. I, I doubt he's coloring comic books in his in-between seasons. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I love the way he draws the scary stuff, man. The way the symbiotes look, the the Grendel in the past, the dragon now, Venom with wings. Uh, Noel looks so creepy and scary. I mean, Stegman is so good at the scary stuff, man. Yep. And the go. only... <laughs> hold on. Well, I'll, 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 hold on. I'll, I'll let you go. I've got more... Yeah, I've got more positives. I didn't think Sam was going to unload on this. I thought he was going to like it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to hit back in before you go, Sam. Okay. Um, I really liked the face art. Uh, it took some getting used to. This is not sort of the traditional Marvel Comics face art. So it took me an issue or two to get into it when this when this series launched. I was reading it month to month. It took a minute. I really liked everything about the face art at first. But it's really expressive. He captures emotion so well. Like, you can see the anguish on Eddie's face. You can see the remorse and the regret just all over him. Um, it's so good. And uh, I thought the action, the action was ex really exciting and really easy to follow. There was never a single, it was only, it was a single panel where I was like wondering what was happening. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. The, uh, the uh, expressiveness, the expressiveness of the faces was really good, especially Venom when he's not on Eddie. Uh, when, you know, like, Noel's holding him up and you can see, like, you know, Venom's like, oh, I found my, you know, 
creator and I want to like kind of go home and stuff like you can see all that on his face uh which is kind of hard to do I imagine without having normal facial features so I, yeah I thought the faces were really good and uh I liked the uh changes they made you could always tell when Venom was being affected by Noel I mean you had the obvious red you know swirl on his forehead but even his whole body type changed a little bit so I, I thought all that was really good all right last one before Sam uh, apparently <laughs> unloads um I loved how creative the page layouts were um, especially the pages like they would, he would draw the venom face and then have like little panels over the face. Right. Um, there was a, but there was a lot of really creative page layouts. I, I, that was, I really dug that. He did a lot of different panels overlays. Like that was really good. I enjoyed yeah. And, and it's right. funny cause it's, it's my turn now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. And I'd say that this reminds me of like the early, early Valiant with their faces where they don't, it's kind of, different but saying that i loved every bit of it i agree with everything you guys said <laughs> i was being quiet because i wanted to surprise you guys i thought you thought i was going to hate it but i absolutely love this art i loved everything about it i didn't write i didn't wrote any notes for my art because i liked it so much like i'm it's just i'm gonna rave about it how good it is because i did enjoy the art i did my favorite venom i love how everything changed i love the swirly looking venom the Noel was creepy, like you said, all the creepy stuff. And then what surprised me more than anything, when they're doing the big panels, how they didn't lose none of the detail in the small stuff. They kept the detail. And that's what I keep looking at. Like, you see the big full panels, a lot of full panels, but they didn't lose none of the detail in the small stuff. I was I was thoroughly surprised when I was looking at this art. Like, I was expecting, you know, the average running mill venom kind of stuff going into it. But I was like, man, this is phenomenal. I'll use Josh's word, phenomenal. I absolutely love this art. Nothing bad to say about it. And then all the proportions were good. Like Josh said, even when Venom was off Eddie, he was kind of spaghetti noodle looking kind of guy, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I got a kick out of it. Yeah, and I, I love the the way they chose to do the dragon's face. Like there's there's a kind of like a, a dog likeness about mm. it. I mean, it was just, it was not what I expected at all, but it was really it's mm. interesting. And it made it look really sort of mean and intimidating. Yeah. And, and also, for being a Venom story that focuses on Venom and the creepy, I thought they'd done really good with the, the space stuff they had. When they had, like, the big space pictures or uh, panels or whatever. And also, they gave a shout-out to Thor, which I thought was awesome. They done a really good shadowy Thor in there, standing there with lightning yeah. behind him. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a good panel. Yeah. And I liked the um, issue four, if we're just calling out stuff we really liked. The... Um, because, uh, I mean, so far, like, as we're reading the first three issues, we're just seeing a lot of really good horror stuff. Yeah. But then we get to issue four, and he's drawing space stuff. And, he, and like, the Celestials look... I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen the Celestials look that good before. No. Um, and, the, like, the creepy space stuff where he's pulling the symbiote stuff out of, like, the dead Celestial and the the forge he made out of the dead Celestial's head. I mean, it yeah. all looks just great. And it's, 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 it's not a normal combination where you get somebody can do the creepy stuff really well and do the space sci-fi stuff really well too and, and, they, blended, and they blended well 
and do the action too. Like you yeah, said, the actions action. it can be hard. I know in the uh, Carnage we reviewed, there was a couple panels where there was a lot of stuff going on, and you could kind of lose it when you're doing the symbiotes and, and everything's mm-hmm. kind of liquid and moving around. You can sometimes lose what you're trying to get. And I ne- and I never came across any panels where I was like, oh, I'm not sure who's Venom, who's Rex, you know, who's Noel. I was always kind of knew what was going on. Uh, so yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff they had to balance, a lot of different. Uh, uh, scenery types to do well, and I think they did it all well. All right. I'm going to go back and change my grade to a bell. I agree with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to scratch my Affleck Plus off. Talking about the art and the story and all that stuff, I just I liked it so much. I, I agree with you guys. I'm officially changing my score to a bell for everybody listening. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I, and I will I'll just go ahead and say, like, I don't know that anybody's going to pass um, Ryan Stegman for my artist of the year. It's going to be tough to jump over yeah. this thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Those, the, the art and the story, man, those things are really strong parts of me this week. They're, they're, those two on their own would have made this thing a bail. All right. Uh, you want to move on to characters now? Let's do it. All right. Um, the, I think there's there's two main points that I think I want to make that are really good here. Um, I think that there are all of the characters are really distinct. Like he did a really good job of showing like the differences between Eddie and the symbiote. Like like they're they're like, together. Like they're that you know, symbiotic relationship, but like they're very distinct personalities. And then and then you introduce Rex. And Rex has got a similar background to Eddie. They've lived long term with their symbiotes and may actually just be a symbiote. But um, he's very distinct, right? Like, and and you get it very quickly. Like you, like Johnny Case is so good at establishing who these people are, like very quickly. Same thing with Noel. Um, and the second thing I wanted to, to really, you know, praise is that they they made the decision to only have four characters. And I feel like with all of the world building, all of the action, all I mean, because there's a lot going on here. You can tell by how much we sort of struggled with the with the breakdown to to really narrow it down to just a handful of characters made it so that we didn't feel like we were skimping on characters. Like if there was like nine or 10 characters here, we would have felt like we were just getting thumbnails for everybody. But because mm-hmm. we just had the handful of people, he was we would still feel like we were getting deep dives into character. And I think that was a really good decision. And I agree in, in on the characters only being four. You know, we coming in with seeing how Eddie's struggling and how his symbiote Venom is interacting with him, trying to talk to him all stuff. Eddie's trying to shut him out. And towards the end, they're they're back together being as one, pretty much. And, and they're working well together, I feel like. And to see the struggle they're having within that, you can see their emotion. You, you can tell what's going on with them. I think they've done a really good job with all four of the characters. I mean... I don't say all of them, but all four of them. And, and I was surprised with the Venom character more than anything, but with the development they've done with him and how more he wasn't just evil and wanting to kill everything or destroy everything. Hey, actually, they made him almost like a person to me. And that, that's yeah. what I got from it. I think that is like the one thing they kept from Colin Bunn's run. Mm. Colin Bunn did a lot to fix that. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you guys. Is another strong part of the pyramid. Uh, I think Eddie could have been a little deeper 
I think we could have got into him a little bit more. We've only got four characters. I would have liked a little bit more of kind of his backstory. And because uh, Rex even says at one point, you know, he's a kid. His mom died at childbirth. His dad, you know, lost all their money. And, you know, then there's a big gap between, you know, then he shows up with a, you know, a alien suit and he's Spider-Man's main villain. And it's like, well, I mean, I would have liked to have had a little bit of explanation on, on, on his backstory. Uh, well, if you keep reading, you get a lot more. Okay, yeah, that, that that's really well. I wouldn't have said anything except we got you know the entire life history of Noel. I would have liked a little <laughs> bit of Eddie Brock from the dawn of time. From the dawn of time, we got six issues. You could have gave me a little bit more with Eddie. That that would be my only complaint with this. That's if I've got one nitpick with the entire graphic novel. It's I would have liked a little bit more uh, backstory with Eddie. But uh, yeah, Noel. Awesome. That dude looked legit. Uh, I honestly, I don't know if I buy that Venom and Rex and Eddie could take him out. Like that's almost <laughs> unbelievable. Like that dude was serious. He was for real. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the the characters were 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 just as good as Darkness story. Kind of went like the witch from Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. And I, and I and I and I do want to. I want to say too. Like, I know I know Miles was only here for like a hot minute, but. Miles is easy to get wrong. Um, I've read some stuff where like writers who aren't like writing the main Miles Morales series don't get his voice right and don't it, it, they don't get the feel of that character right. And I mean, he felt like Miles from the first second he was there. And um, Donnie Case did a really good job, and especially like the way he interacted with with Eddie. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you call that? It's a Venom Blast. <laughs> <laughs> good name. Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of fun dialogue with uh, Eddie. All right. Uh, anything else on the pyramid, guys? Oh, it was awesome. All right, let's give us some awards. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All right, Sam, best cover. Go. All right, so we're going to do regular covers, and I think they killed it with the very first issue, page four. Him on the look like he's on a gargoyle with lightning behind him in his awesome venom pose. Yeah, classic good venom. Yeah. Classic venom. You can't go wrong with that. All right, Josh, what'd you have? I had a different one. I had uh, cover three on page 54. It's the one where it looks like uh, Miles Morales has fallen into the giant venom. The, the thing, they call it different names. Sometimes they call it the Grindel monster, sometimes they call it the dragon. Yeah, see, I, that almost just looked like venom to me. Venom yeah. face. But anyways, right. I thought that was a good one. It was a good one. I actually I went with cover two on page uh, thirty-five. Yeah, I thought about that one too. And I just love the way there's like the whole venom suit thing going on, and you can like you can see Eddie's arms sticking out of it, and it's mm-hmm. it just you get the whole emotion there of like Eddie is losing himself um, inside all of the symbiote craziness that's going on. So I just I love the the, the I guess the more the uh, the emotion. But that's conveying than actually what's on the page, but like it's just really compelling. All right, yeah, and there were lots of variants over the place. Sam, did you have a variant? I sure did. So okay. there are variants everywhere, and I went <laughs> with another classic Venom. It's on page one thirty-eight. I'm pulling it up right now, and it's the issue three on page one thirty-eight. The top right one. Yep. Jorge Molina. And it's another Venom. City Skyline one. Okay, that's a good one. Solid. Josh? 
Yep, and uh, go over one page to 137. It's the uh, variant one. It's also the top right corner. Uh, he's sitting there yeah, on the corner of the building. He's got the, uh, looks like the green drool coming out. Yeah, I got a little bit of a Xenomorph vibe from that one because of yeah, the... A uh, little bit. I think that may yeah. have been what it was. I like that's that why I didn't. That's why I didn't pick that one because I had that feel. I was like, eh, they kind of blend into aliens together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was kind of underwhelmed with most of the variants. Um, didn't love them all. Um, mostly because I'm, I, I like modern Venom a lot more than I like you know, classic 90s Venom. So, like, with a crazy, you know, nine-foot tongue everywhere and, you know, yeah. 40,000 teeth in his face. I mean, I, that's not my favorite Venom. Uh, but I went with variant uh, for number one on page 96. So one, well, the ones they snuck in between the issues there. And it's the one with uh, Aaron Cooter and Maury mm-hmm. Hollowell drawing it. Just a, a cool-looking Venom. I, and I love the way they drew the eyes there. The way mm-hmm. it's not, like, clean lines. It's all kind of messy-looking. You know, this isn't our thing. This is one because it's a very unintended about it. But the proportions are off on this one. Look how big his barrel chested it is, and his little chicken legs under him. I think yeah. it's supposed to be a forced perspective where his head's supposed sure. to be a lot closer. But yeah, no, that's look at his legs. I thought that too. I thought yeah. it just kind of looked a little, little no, wonky. But his what? head and chest is pretty cool looking though. Yeah. Well, I mean, Venom was created um, at least in part by Todd McFarlane. And so the proportions have been off from like the first time he was on a page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I think the I think the standard covers all were pretty good. I don't yeah. I don't know any of them were kind of bad or off putting. They all were pretty solid. But. And the, I mean the variants were okay, but they all had that nineties feel. Yeah, they did. They had classic, you know, villain venom. And I just that's not my favorite venom. So yeah, I just, they all kind of like, eh, it's like whatever. But, all right, uh, best character. Josh, you only got a few options. Who'd you pick? A 25% chance of getting it right. Uh, <laughs> I went with Noel. I thought he was a really intriguing character. He had a really cool backstory. He's been around, you know, since the dawn of time. He created all the uh, symbiotes. So I, I thought he was a really fun character. Yeah. All right. Um, I went with Eddie. And I'm I'm back feeling a little bit here too because I've read so much of this the series and like it's such a deep dive into the life and character of Eddie Brock. But I just I love Eddie. I love all of the stuff he's dealing with. I love. I mean, it's just such an interesting you know plot line for this character. And there's so much character development. It starts here, but it just it just keeps getting deeper as the series goes on. But the, but there's a lot of seeds that get you know planted here that flower later on. All right, Sam. Right, so for the third choice, I, I went with Venom. I actually like the the different twists they put on the symbol and how his uh, interaction with AD and like I said, they humanize him. I already talked about it a little bit before because gave my hand up a little bit. But anyways, I did love Venom. I loved how they, to me, because I, I haven't read the new stuff, how they changed his character and made him more human. Made him you felt for the guy. Like he said, wasn't just all evil. Like you seen, he was scared. He had emotion. All right. All right. uh, Next award is best panel. And I'm going to direct you to page 24. Panel two. Um, It's not the most dynamic panel. It's it's a super static panel, actually. Um, It's just Eddie standing there like a bad butt staring at those vans 
coming at him, and it's just beautifully drawn. I mean, um, I mean, it's not. It doesn't have all the cool horror stuff in it, but like, it's just the art there is just mind blowing. Um, and he just and it just shows off how good Stegman is at setting a mood. Um, yeah. So that 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 panel just stuck with me. So and you're not wrong, sir. You had the right answer because that's the one I had down to. <laughs> I thought I would be the only one that didn't pick a panel with the the dragon in it. Uh, same reason you picked it, like man, it just it just stood out. Even the color, the the shadows, the red. I mean, Mr. Eddie standing there looking menacing as a tractor and trailer driving down on him. You know, he's not even flinching. Like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I I can see that in a frame hanging on a wall. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just that beautiful. All right, yeah. Josh. I had a different one. I went with the uh, obvious dragon in the frame picture. Uh, <laughs> go to page 52, the fourth panel. Uh, and I tried not to. There were so many full-page spreads, and they were all fantastic. I tried to pick an actual panel on this one. Uh, but it's him. Uh, it, it's kind of a similar uh, panel to what you guys. It's, it's Eddie standing on a building staring down a different kind of truck coming at him. It's that giant Godzilla <laughs> monster in the background. That's pretty cool uh, one, too. Yeah, I thought that was a really good one. That was my runner-up. I really wrestled between those two. I really like that personally. I like this one. It's got like a just. I don't like. I just had Godzilla feel. It's all smoky and cool looking. Yeah, that, <laughs> those that tiny little note. helicopters flying around it. Yeah, yeah. That was my note. Uh, it was uh, what page it was, and then Godzilla wrecking the city. That was so I remember yeah. which panel it was. It's, it was good. All right, uh, Sam. Best dialogue, man. I've got two of these. All right, I'll go. I'm gonna pick a funny one. You gonna pass? One of Miles. No, no, I ain't gonna pass. Okay. No, I got a funny one. It's with uh, Miles and Venom. They're going back and forth, and Venom's trying to figure out how to get uh, Miles close to the dragon. And uh, where does it start at? What page? I got 62. I'm on the wrong page now. All right. So yeah. So did we? Uh, so we? So did we? We'll need you. We need to get you close enough. I'm sorry. I can't. I got it on too small of a page. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we'll need to get you close enough to Venom Blast it. Uh, right. How do you propose we do that without me getting eaten? And then he goes, eaten. Ah, good idea. And then he throws him into the mouth of the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> if only we hadn't seen that 47 times in movies and TV shows and comic books. Would have been even better. But yeah, it was. it was still good. Made me laugh. Yeah, yeah, it, and the, uh, the 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 Miles and Eddie interaction was the best. I mean, we needed that. It was a little bit of comic relief. Yeah, in the story, it was really good. All right, Josh. Yeah, uh, I mean, there was a lot of really good dialogue. Uh, so much that I got overwhelmed and couldn't pick one. So I went back and just got something funny from uh, the Jack O' Lantern uh, <laughs> gun deal. Uh, so he's trying to sell these uh, guns to these other criminals, and he said it's uh, Norman Osborn's uh, personal stock. And uh, one of the guys says, "I don't remember Osborn ever using his mother." And you know, Eddie's confused. And then Miles says, "You something like you? I don't know." It's not, by the way, this is on page sixty. Um, he says, "You put my dad in the hospital. You took my mom, and he said, kid, look at us. My name is Eddie Brock. I don't know you. To the best of my knowledge, I did not hurt your mother. But if we, if I hurt you, or..." Or if I took someone from you, we can settle that up later. You have my word on that. But right now, you and I are the only thing standing between that thing and the people of this city. Um, now, you seem like you need to hurt a monster, and we can't face that thing alone. So what do you say we kill that thing together? 
And I just, I love that, that Eddie knows he's done a lot of bad stuff. And it's like, look, I don't remember doing that, but it's entirely possible I did. So we'll deal with that later. Let's take care of this mess first, and then we'll settle up later. I just, <laughs> I, I just, I love that. I mean, it's just a real, such a character revealing moment about Eddie. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's real regret there and he's willing to face and own uh, what, what, what they've been in the past. And so I, I just, I really dug that. Yeah, that's right. a good one. Now, Josh, best surprise. Uh, there was a couple in here, uh, and I've got two down. The one that probably got me the most was that Rex uh, didn't have a host. He was just a symbiote all by himself. There was no host there. Uh, so that one, I, I was not ex- uh, expecting that at all. I want to get my way. I agree with Josh. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. Um, I had that written down, too, but just to go a, a sort of a different thing here, um, the fact that is, issue four is an entirely like a whole twenty-two page <laughs> villain monologue, and it's not awful. It's not awful. Yeah, <laughs> that's villain monologuing to an extreme, and it was good. So that's, yeah, that's a was. big surprise. Uh, I had a runner-up. The other one that got me was uh, page ninety-eight. It's the uh, first page of issue five, and it's Miles punching Eddie, saying, "Wake up." Uh, and then the next panel, it's, he, he, I made a decision. <laughs> yeah, choices were made. I popped us out of that dragon belly. Now we're falling to earth. I need you to save us. You know? So for one page, you get them talking. You don't realize they're, you know, 40,000 feet in the air falling to earth. So that kind of, I thought that was a good. Uh, I thought somebody would talk about Venom having wings for a minute there. Mm. Uh, hold on. We got another award. <laughs> All right. Our last award is Best Full Page Spread, and there are a lot of good ones. I've got three wrote down. I hope, hope you all say mine. I had five, and I, I narrowed it down to one. Um, so I went with uh, page 33, and it's um, the Grendel dragon monster um, flying away over, I guess, the Brooklyn Bridge in a lightning storm. Um, and the, the city's all you know lit up, and there's the lightning, and a Grendel dragon thing with those kind of dragonish bat like wings or whatever. It just, it looks really cool. Does look cool. Really good. All right. Uh, but I, like I said, I had five, I had like a five way tie and went with one. <laughs> I'm, right, I'm going to go with page. <laughs> page six. <laughs> page six. Uh-huh. It is. Yeah. Yep. That, that was one of my five. Yeah, yeah, it was one of them, too. Yeah. One of mine. That's the first time you see the bullseye. Well, second time you see bullseye venom. That's what I call him. Yeah, face, and, and, you know. and Miles looks just traumatized. Yeah, his little eye. I'd probably be traumatized, too, if i seen that. Yeah. And then this is why I picked uh, not a full-page spread for my best panel, because I went a double-page spread on the <laughs> <laughs> best full-page spread, page 101. Venom popping his wings out with the moon behind him, carrying Miles. It was so good. It was really, really good. That was another one of my five-way tie. Mine too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. And that's that's the best the wings look anywhere in here. I think Josh might be right. I think that is the best one. Now I'm looking at it again. Well, it's a cool sky background. So, yeah, you've got yeah. Venom with the wings uh, drawn really well. Oh, you've moon. got Miles drawn really well. But then you've got the moon and the sky and the clouds in the background, which are done really well. I mean, it's all it's all good. Some picture on Jamie's wall. <laughs> Absolutely. 
uh, and kind of a Batman vibe. Like it's kind of like that wing shape in front of the moon. It's a mm. little bit of a Batman thing going on there. A little bit. Yeah. All right, guys. You want to cast this thing? Yeah. Sure. I've got a couple of really good ones, and then some. I just had to write somebody down because we were going to record eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I had to have something to say. All right, uh, Sam. Who is your Eddie Brock? All right, so bear with me on this one. He's a great actor. He's a big bulky dude, and he can do serious roles. Chris Hemsworth. He's done. I can see him doing Eddie, and he's a big, blonde, bulky-looking dude. And one of uh, Chris Hemsworth's new movies is on Netflix. Netflix movie. I forget what it's called. He go. He's a special Attraction. agent guy. Whatever. Yeah. So take that character and slide in Eddie. Okay. I, I, I considered Hensworth. I thought about giant blonde dudes. He was the first guy that popped in my head. Always. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I briefly considered him, too. All right. Well, who did you go with, Josh? Uh, then I also considered Vigo Mortensen, like Time Machine, him back to uh, Aragorn. Uh, yeah. But I went with Ryan Quantin. He played mm-hmm. Jason Stackhouse from the True Blood series. Sookie's okay. brother. Yeah. Yeah. Blonde dude. That's not bad. Yeah. He's a little big guy, though, ain't he? He's like 5'10 or 5'11. I mean, he's not a little guy. He was working next to Alexander Skarsgård a lot in that. Who's, yeah, you know, that's true. Eight feet I'm tall. tall so <laughs> makes everybody look little. Uh, All right, guys. Okay, you're going to hear mine, and you're not going to see it at first. So just, I'm going to have to. No, I'm serious. Um, John Krasinski. And think of those sort of quiet, emotionally tortured moments from a quiet place. And. That's that's why I went with him for Eddie Brock. He's a good actor too, though, for real. Yeah, and he and he can get swole. He can get into Chris Evans' yeah. cabinet. Yeah. No, that's good. I'll roll with that. Yeah. And he looks good in a beard. Eddie's been in a beard for a long time now, so. Yeah. All right. I thought I'd get more pushback on that. All right, no, John. No, 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 right. Right. Um, we were uh, <laughs> struggling <laughs> to get enough characters here, Good so six, we're going yeah. with. Venom, the voice of the symbiote. Uh, Josh, who's your voice? All right. So this, I think there's a couple of different ways you can go with this type of voice uh, on how you imagined it. And I was getting uh, like a Harry Potter vibe. Voldemort, when he's doing the brain cast to everybody, mm. when he's doing the announcements, that kind of quiet, soft, whispery kind of voice. That's what I was thinking. So Ralph uh, Fiennes, who played Voldemort. Doing the uh, doing that kind of softer, whispery kind of voice. Yeah, um, I was going to slightly different angle. I was hearing a really high pitched voice, but not not quite Voldemort. Um, and but also, I mean, kind of syrupy at the same time, like you know, whiny but trying really hard to be endearing. So I'm with Andy Circus and doing a kind of a Gollum type voice, mm-hmm. uh, something in that range. That's not bad either. I was thinking that too, kind of. That was that was one of the other routes. That, or I was thinking like a deep, booming, gravelly voice would be so like I, another I've route never to go. A deep, booming voice. I agree with Jamie. I was thinking of kind of a different, whiny, kind of high-pitched looking voice, whatever. I went with it. Starscream from the new Transformers movie, not newer, older now, but the Transformers, the new ones or whatever. Starscream. Mm-hmm. The guy's name is Charlie Adler. So think of Starscream from the new Transformers. It's not bad. It's different. What else has he done? I know that name. And it's he's not done a bunch. 
Yeah, he's not just Starscream, but I wanted him to do his Starscream voice. Hold but on, he's, he, he's been doing voices since the 80s or, yeah, late 80s, I think, is when they said he started. Adler? Mm-hmm. A-D-L-E-R, Charlie Adler. I don't know, man. Something's clicking there on me. But I, you know, I don't remember from the Charlie Buff movies with Starscream. He's kind of different. I mean, he was different than all the other Decepticons or Autobots Starscream was. That's kind of bye bye we're getting. Okay. I, uh, I, thought, uh, I thought it would be funny to have uh, to uh, time machine and go get Alan Rickman. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start thinking about Harry Potter. Like, imagine like Snape being Venom. That's, that's a funny. Kind of fun thought experiment. And I, I, I considered Mark Hamill as well. Um, that was my other one. I kind he's of always. Yeah, yeah, he's so good. Yeah. And and so diverse. Like He does a lot of different, different kinds voices. of voices. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next one is Rex Strickland, our Vietnam vet, who's really not the, the human anymore. He's just a symbiote impersonating a human. Um, I went with Stephen Williams. Um if you look him up, you're going to know his face. Uh, he was the principal in Lock and Key. He was the one of the older oh. hunters on Supernatural. Um, I just feel like he's in the right age range, and he just kind of looks like this guy. He even has the facial hair. It really does. Yeah, that's a good one. Right, my turn? Yep, go. So, for my pick, Stephen Williams. I picked. <laughs> I know him from... Rufus in Supernatural. <laughs> That's why I picked him from. <laughs> and I was like, when you wow. said this name, I was like, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> Should have known something was up when Sam didn't have to Google it. <laughs> Stephen Williams is the correct answer, sir. All right, uh, Josh, tell us your wrong answer. Wrong answer. Uh, I'm time machining uh, Danny Glover from like uh, Predator 2 kind of time frame. Oh, man. Give or take, maybe, maybe, maybe 10 years after that. Somewhere in that time frame. New Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking, trying to figure which Lethal Weapon movie. Maybe yeah. one, he turned 50. Right. Yeah, but this is a Vietnam vet. I mean, he's yeah. probably 60s at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just Marvel thinking. Time him, moves differently. <laughs> uh, I, I was just thinking from uh, uh, Predator 2. He had an intensity about him. You know, he was in like the Vice Squad or whatever. And I, I yeah. think he could bring that intensity across for the mm-hmm. Vietnam vet like that it. he needs. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not bad. It's the wrong answer, but it's not bad. Uh, all right, Sam, who is your Miles Morales? All right, this is one I struggle with the most. And Justice Smith, you probably don't, I don't know if you've seen Pokemon, the Detective Pikachu movie. Yeah. That's why I was that's kind of thinking from. It's not that's, bad. That's who I was going with, too. You yeah, me, me too. So who's your <laughs> wrong answer, Jamie? <laughs> I went with Patrice Jones. He plays Scott on Lock and Key. Okay. I thought um, about him too. Yeah, he's probably six or seven inches too tall. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he's got a kind of a vulnerability about him that mm-hmm. I think Miles has. But I, I just, that's why I thought of him. It's, it's kind of a sensitivity too that My- Miles has. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought he would capture. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you guys. I mean, you already yeah. outvoted me. Yeah. Uh, and he's a good actor. <laughs> yeah, I really like Justice Smith. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, Detective Pikachu is a ridiculous movie, it and you kind of and you kind of buy him in it because he's he doing yeah. such a good job. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Josh. 
Uh, you get to go on your best character. No, who you got? And I've got two. Uh, I'm going to go with my less obvious answer because I feel like Sam may have picked my other actor I've here. got the right answer, guys. I'm uh, I'm going with Charles Dance. He played Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That is really good. He's He can do that intimidating. I can see him just smacking Venom around and doing a whole lot of exposition. Jay probably <laughs> like knows him from Shaun of the Shaun yeah, the he's Dead. not bad. Yeah. yeah, he's not bad. It's not as good as the one I've got. But. No, he's not from Shaun of the Dead. No, I, I, I know this character. Though. I know no, this that character. was uh, Bill Nye. Yeah, in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, I about him actor, too though. for 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 a second. I've seen him in lots of stuff. Yeah, he's been he's he's good. Yeah, no, he's good. It's, it's a good run rep to what I picked. Um, uh, I'm going with Brad Dourif. From what? You know Brad Dourif. He was Worm Tongue in Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. He was Piter de Vries, or Vries. He was in one of the aliens, wasn't he, as a, as a doctor? Uh, maybe, but... The, yeah. The newer one. No, he was. But he just, he does creepy so well. And mm-hmm. he does off-putting really well. Um, and he's got just one of those faces that can like, shift, you know, from endearing to creepy like that. And so... Um, Cause I've seen him do interviews, but he's like a super likable guy. But like I've seen you be warm tongue, bro. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you do that? All right, Sam. All right. Who was your null? Right, so we already talked about him, and I kind of gave my hand away when I said Sean the Dead, Bill Nighy is who I picked. I picked him because yeah. he played Underworld Victor. Yeah. Or yeah. I, as soon as you said that name, that's what I flashed to. Was that? Yeah. That, that character. Good. That's who I got, and he also has a really interesting voice. I think would it fit the character. Right. Um, our last one, we were uh, grasping at straws, and Jack O'Lantern is in here for a hot second. Um, not even a hot minute; it's a hot second. Uh, and he's really funny. Um, he's got a, a moment of like super goofiness in the middle of a pretty serious book. Um, nobody does does that better than Michael Pena. Just he just good, needs yeah. he just needs a scene. He'll be yeah. he'll be super memorable for that one scene, and Michael Pena would knock that out of the park. Top that, guys. Alan Tudyk. Tudyk? No. Mm. Yeah, that's what I put. I know it's it good. It, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to I be right. You agree with me on that one? <laughs> I just wanted to be right. He everything you just said, he can do too. Yeah. Right. Well, I've got another really good one. I thought, uh, who who's made an appearance in like fifteen Marvel movies for one scene? Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in so many of the Marvel movies. All right. He would make a good scene. I mean, he would he would be funny. Yeah, it's such a ridiculous character, and it's the most like. He, he's the dumb. I mean, Jack O'Lantern is a dumb character, and this is the dumbest Jack O'Lantern. He's not even the real Jack O'Lantern. No, he's even like one the, of the other villains tells him that. Yeah, he just stole the suit, dude. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, that's wrong. Good. I'm gonna I'm gonna claim the win though. All right, moving on. Um, our next pick is one of Sam's. Sam, why don't you preview for us what we're reading next? I'm pulling it up right now. So next week, we're going to be doing Superman, Death of Superman. And I want to read you the Comicsology preview. As soon as I get it pulled, my phone's been really slow. <laughs> this is great podcasting. I've already got it downloaded. killing me. <laughs> 
Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're building suspense right here. Yeah. All right, yep. here it goes. I still got the circle well death. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> All right, so Doomsday, a creature with single-minded purpose of the death and destruction. He has landed on Earth, laying waste to anything and anyone who dares stand in his way. Justice League makes a valiant but ultimately desperate attempt to stop the unknown juggernaut. When the beast nears Metropolis, Superman answers the call to stop him. And then the unthinkable happens. The Man of Steel is dead. That's what we'll be doing next week. And one of the reasons I picked it was because it was one of my favorites as a childhood. All right. Um, so we're going to do the reign of the Superman after that? Probably not, no. No, we're good <laughs> Actually, I remember, I mean... A couple I of them were pretty good, actually. I, I didn't read a lot of DC when I was a kid, but I read every single issue of the Superman. Mm. And then and then, then after he came back, I was I was good. Uh, yes. I kind of done the same thing, I ain't gonna lie. I, I kind of still own them. I, I, yeah, all my, all my comic books went missing. Mm. The I have all your comics. Those are mine. Thank you very much. I <laughs> well, I was going to say I bought a mom and dad bought them for me. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, I've I've already started it, and man, that is some that is some some nineties goodness right there. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Awesome. One hundred and seventy some pages of Superman from the nineties. Uh, mullets and <laughs> strange outfits. It's it's a good time. <laughs> you guys are welcome. All right. Um, well, um, I checked right before we. Uh, we uh not right before it was like last night but like we've got a tie uh for our uh, foreign lead and portugal and belgium are tied at five percent each of our downloads and so portugal and belgium we salute you see ya goodbye